Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome back to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are doing a newer release. Uh, came out just a few days ago, Creed 3. And I'm Peter. It's been a while since... Uh, put an episode out on this feed but joining me my guest uh mr ken cole how are you doing sir hello peter it's an absolute honor to be here wonderful to speak with you again oh yes i uh, happy to have you i feel this is your first time on podstalgic this is my first time very very special day for me so thank you so much for having me oh yeah yeah absolutely we've uh frequently uh, uh collaborated on you know cobra kai stuff cry to kid related um, but yeah, I, I thought I would have you um, on here because we were actually supposed to do uh, a, a different episode and you were under the weather and then my son got sick. So we kept on postponing a collaboration. But um, with all the buzz surrounding this movie, Creed 3, I and, and me getting a chance to actually go watch a movie in the theater, I was like, you know, this is probably a you know perfect uh, movie as any to to go ahead and review and throw up on the, the old feed that I had to dust off a little. Um, so I, I don't know if we're picking up any uh, listener, new listeners here, but for those that uh, have been longtime subscribers, you guys kind of know how it goes here. So for the newer listeners, uh, we are going to start off with a non-spoiler, um, kind of more, more sort of thoughts, not necessarily a review, but yeah, I will give non-spoiler thoughts about the movie and we'll kind of give our recommendations at the end of that. Uh, take a little break, probably play a trailer from the film, and then we'll come back and get into details and talk about what we liked and maybe didn't like about the film. But before we do all of that, Ken, um, what I like to do here at Paul Stalgic is uh, typically an older movie. We take a look back at when that movie came out, talk about the movies that also came out that week uh, and the number one song at the time. But it's a new release. So some of the movies uh, that came out the same time uh, as Creed is a, a film called A Little White Lie. Um, I'm kind of familiar with this one. It has Michael Shannon in it and I believe Peyton List from uh, Cobra Kai. I think that's the only reason I have heard about this film, but I'm a big fan of Michael Shannon. Um, Children of the Corn, it says 2023, so I believe it's a uh, probably a remake. It doesn't have a subtitle on it. Uh, obviously, Creed 3 and Operation Fortune, or Fortune, um, rather, by Guy Ritchie. Uh, any of those sound familiar to you? Um, been on your radar at all? No, uh, I'm vaguely aware of them, but yeah, they're, they haven't been on my radar. That's really interesting. Um, I'm kind of surprised by the Children of the Corn remake. I haven't, I actually haven't heard of that. So I'd be interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. Are you a fan of horror? I don't know that about you. You know, I, yeah, it's, it. you know, it's one of those genres that like I don't go out to see, but I, I've wound up watching a lot of, uh, horror movies are like the popular horror movies you know that you have people who are just so into like all the obscure horror movies it's you know a culture in itself but i'm not in it that deep but i've like i've seen the original children of the corn and you know a lot of the stephen king adaptations and the classic nightmare on elm street uh friday the 13th you know uh halloween you know those those series so that that's probably about the extent of my my horror knowledge so you don't you 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 would say like you don't go out and seek them out, but you like a good scare. Yeah, like if there's a really great concept to it, and uh, it's 
maybe something that has some buzz um, or if it's something that ties into something that's been famous before. Uh, yeah, I'm very curious. So I like well-executed horror movies. Did you ever see Hereditary? <laughs> you know, I got to be honest. That's one I haven't had the guts to watch yet because I heard it was like kind of disturbing and um really kind of heavy and you know i i heard some spoilers about it and i'm like oh man everyone says it's good but uh man that does sound disturbing did you watch hereditary i did i i um i'm trying to remember if i saw it twice in the theater but it was one of those random sunday evenings i was with my son who was then 17 um because i believe he came out in 2017 he was born in 2000 and we were leaving my sister's house. Uh, I believe there was a get together there. And I was like, hey, you you want to go watch a movie? He's like, sure. I go, well, I keep hearing about this horror movie, Hereditary. And he's like, okay, you know, he's 17. He can watch an R-rated movie. And we we um, walked out of that movie wanting to look up so many things. It makes you want to go do some research, some Googling immediately really? after the movie. Yeah. And when I came home, Ken, it was, it was in the evening. I turned on all the lights in the house. <laughs> so, so I was actually pretty scared. It, do you mean do you mean research to find out if the stuff in the movie is true? No, that type just, of thing? no, more so like things that uh, we didn't quite understand or things that went over our heads and uh, you okay. know explanations and and things of this nature. My my son kept on sending me links and I'll send him <laughs> links that was funny. <laughs> so um, and that's a movie uh, he saw Midsummer. I did not. And mm -hmm. he is kind of waiting for me to watch it so he can get my thoughts. But I, after watching Hereditary, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I can do another. Um, uh, my apologies, I'm going to forgetting the director's name. I, uh, Abby something, but but I, I don't know if I could do. <laughs> I, right. I need to wait a few more years. <laughs> but yes. but um, but Hereditary, I I will watch again because I I thought that was just oh you know the right amount uh right amount of unsettling. You know, mm -hmm. like if, um, okay. you know, if if the Sixth Sense was rated R and was a little bit more violent, I, I guess that it's kind of like that. You know, it's um, mental. Most of it is mental, obviously. And sometimes, you know, the, the you're you're wondering if the the if you're seeing things or, or are they playing tricks with your, you know, like with, with cut, you know, being slick with the cuts and things like that. So I I think right. you should you should give it a shot at, at, at least. 15, 20 minutes, you know, so see, see if you can get into it. Uh, I believe it's on <laughs> okay. HBO Max. So for, for those there. Um, all right. So, so enough of the movies. The, um, the number one song at the time of this movie's release is Die for You by The Weeknd featuring Ariana Grande. Ken, is this a song you're familiar with? You know, I, I feel like I've been in a cave too long. I've been so not connected to current pop culture. I'm going to have to listen to it. I like The Weeknd. I like Ariana Grande, so I should probably uh, listen to it. Yeah, um, that song, funny enough, was the sixth single off of his uh, Starboy album, which uh, was definitely a few albums ago. I believe it came out in 2017. But um, because that song had already been released as a single, the remix featuring Ariana Grande made it top the billboard and uh, The Weeknd and Ariana Grande have now broken a record of the, the longest um, climbing to the top uh, single, uh, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. So wow. pretty, 
pretty incredible. Uh, the funny thing is, like, I started hearing it on radio again. I'm like, wait a minute, this song's like really old. Wait, why are they playing it like it's a new single? But it was a remix. I, I had no idea, you know, Ariana Grande was in it because I believe they used to date, and so so that's kind of interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess they, you know, um, are able to still kind of collaborate, and maybe they're they're good friends now. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I was a little surprised uh, to to hear the feature, but I I love it. The, the weekend is is my favorite singer. So um, oh wow, yeah, Very yeah, he's cool. up there with Bruno Mars for me. So. That's a week in uh, the, the the release of Creed 3. So we'll kind of get into our non-spoiler um, thoughts right now. Uh, Ken, were you anticipating this installment? Um, have you kind of just been waiting for it, uh, counting down? What was your anticipation um, going into this film? Well, I'll tell you, Peter, I am a big Rocky fan. I love the Rocky movies, and I loved creed when it came out i thought it was just an amazing you know we talk about cobra kai being an amazing legacy sequel for the karate kid series i thought creed was just a magnificent legacy sequel for the rocky series um i enjoyed creed 2 and so yes i was looking forward to creed 3 now i knew going into it however that it'd been delayed a bit and i know that there was some behind the scenes drama between the production team and sylvester stallone so, um, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that uh, Sylvester Stallone isn't really involved with Creed Three. Um, and so I think I was curious to see what would happen. Michael B. Jordan, who's a fantastic actor, this movie is his directorial debut. So I was very curious to see um, what he was able to do. Obviously, he's so good in that part. He probably understands things backwards and forwards. And uh, I was just interested interested to see if he would do do things differently than say Ryan Coogler or if um or if he'd do it in a very similar way so that that's that was kind of my anticipation how about you i i had n- i had no intentions on seeing this film in the theater uh, i'll i'll say that much um mm-hmm. i have seen all but one rocky film do you want to guess which one <laughs> which one i haven't seen let's see have you not seen Rocky Five, that's correct. That that would be the one. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's just the one everyone's told me to not watch. Right, uh, right. G- growing up, if you want to say it that, um, I cannot say confidently when was the first time I watched uh, the 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 first Rocky movie. Um, I I believe well into high school, but I'll tell you what, uh, Rocky Four. <laughs> <laughs> all day every day growing up you know uh as, as as young as probably you know six seven eight somewhere around there um mm-hmm. anytime it's on tv you just you just throw it on hbo whatever for some reason i never saw any of those other rocky films and i i think it wouldn't be until uh, i started working at blockbuster where um you know we get uh five free films a week and i took full advantage and mm-hmm. uh, i actually I, I think it's um you can't have more than five out at once I think is actually what it was. So um, imagine me, teenager, you know, uh, at that point, my son wasn't born yet. And I (laughs) I did go through all the Rocky films and I really didn't know anything about them. Like I I was trying to figure out, well, who's the villain in part two if Apollo Creed was in one and Mr. T's in three, uh, Drago four. I was like, who's who's in part two? Not, Not knowing that it was a rematch of Apollo Creed. So I didn't know that for... A very long time nobody um, put me on uh, to the rocky franchise so it, it's it's just something that was on my blind spot uh until 
until you know late uh, teenage um, uh, years. But uh, I do own the Blu-ray set that came out a few years ago, and I haven't gone back and watched them yet. Did you Did you watch the um, the edit of Part Four? Yes, uh, Sylvester Stallone's new, I guess, director's cut of Rocky Four. Yes, I did. I did. It's, um, is it is it much better? Like, uh, what what can you? Uh, how, how would you describe the differences of the two films? Well, okay, so. I think what he did with the recut was he spent a lot of time going back and looking at um, a lot of the unused footage from Rocky four. And I think what he wanted to do is maybe bring Rocky four more in line with the feel of the other Rocky movies, um, because obviously Rocky four, a huge success came out in 1985. It is probably the quintessential 1985 movie, like in every way it is like a slick I would say almost a superhero boxing movie, you know, um, but it's very different in tone from, say, the original Rocky or Rocky two. Even Rocky three is a little more subdued compared to Rocky four. So I think what he was doing was seeing, can I recut this in a way where I'm taking out, say, the Polly's robot, like all kind of like all that kind of excess uh, stuff. And are there little character moments and scenes that I can put back in? Like, I think that's how he wanted to approach it. And, you know, are there different ways we can cut the fights together? And are there different reactions, character moments, beats, you know, that type of thing. And I think it's very interesting. Um, the thing is with Rocky four, and I'll be honest, like I totally respect Rocky for uh, it's iconic in so many ways. But I think if you compare it to like the original Rocky movie, the story, especially after I hope I'm not spoiling it for people uh, all these years later, but um, Apollo, after Apollo Creed dies, like the story is very thin, like it, it's a very thin story, whereas the earlier Rocky movies uh, and I guess the later Rocky Balboa and Creed movies they're much more layered dramas, you know, whereas Rocky four, the story is just very thin. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that's just the way the movie is. So I think it's interesting for a lot of people. It has a different vibe, but, you know, I think there isn't like some magical layered Rocky four, you know, it's, um, and he ends up kind of cutting out some things like, uh, Bridget Nielsen, his ex-wife, uh, I noticed that she pretty much got cut out of the new cut too. So, um, that was interesting, but, um, yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I think some people might like it more, but if you're really nostalgic for Rocky four, I think you'll miss some of those, uh, some of that vibe of Rocky four. That's, that's interesting that you mentioned that Bridget Nielsen was, um, basically taken out of the of, of his of his uh, director's cut because i'm wondering how does that kind of lead into um creed 2 colon rocky 4 part 2 right yes. Yes. Uh, and and that's that's probably the the biggest knock i'll give creed 2 is i didn't feel like it was a creed movie it was more of a rocky 4 part 2 mm-hmm. um so i think that's why i wasn't really anticipating creed 3 but I was eventually going to watch it because I was a big fan of that first film, uh, Creed One, and I guess why I brought up like uh, you know when I started watching Rocky, the, the, you know the, the purpose of all that was to kind of paint of a picture. Like you're you're going to be the expert uh, on this episode. Uh, <laughs> I 
you know, like a lot of the beats, I couldn't tell you which of the sequels that it came from, you know, or whatnot. Like, I just, I remember most things from Rocky Four. That's pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, like if watching Creed 3, if, if they lifted a quote from one of the films, couldn't tell you. You know, I would have just assumed that it was all original dialogue. And right. um, so that's where I'm coming at it. And Creed one, and this is like a, not a great comparison, but to put in perspective, uh, Creed one is my Rocky movie, right? Mm-hmm. People will be like, "Oh, Rocky mm-hmm. is my Rocky movie," that kind of thing. Um, I tell people, "Back to the Future is my Star Wars," um, and in 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 line with Star Wars, Force Awakens was my Star Wars. Like I I watched the other the the original movies quote-unquote growing up but not like that i didn't have Mm -hmm. friends or family that i watched it with so it was never like a thing for me Um, back to the future was more like uh that was also my thing but at least i i watched that with my with my brother you know um aunts and uncles you know that also um love that film as well so i i like the 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 fresh new take on the underdog story and so when I started hearing little things about part three, I go, oh, that's 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 kind of giving me vibes of like Rocky films. Now, the the whole idea of like the, the, the friend three, three takes little bits and pieces from all the Rocky movies, don't they? Doesn't it? You would say? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I I think maybe it might take a little bit more from Rocky's three, four and five. So I, I think those sequels i think you can you know obviously rocky's one and two you know the dna of the series is there like the whole i guess you could say formula is is starts there but you know in rocky's three four and five i think you have like different ingredients from those sequels that uh creed three picks up on for sure okay so they um probably rewatched those films and and lifted all like the the good parts right to <laughs> um you know some of these really nice beats and um, again, for those longtime subscribers of Postalgic, you know, when we did the the Mighty Duck series, I mentioned part three was the best film. <laughs> and I felt what the filmmakers did with part three, and I have nothing to base this off of, but watching part three, um, I was like, man, I, I feel like they watched one and two. I was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. I like that part. Let's take that part and and put it in part three. And they they just, you know, kind of wove all those beats together and told a, a really good story so that's why i appreciate part three for what it's worth um i just felt like they were the, the filmmakers were fans of the you know the previous movies and wanted to um kind of do it justice with, with the third movie and so i think creed three is kind of the same vein um i am more likely to watch three over and over again because one introduced us to creed where we got it we know who uh, who he is we know his relationship um with uh, tessa thompson i'm kind of blanking on her uh name right now let's actually kind of go through that right now i don't i don't know why sure. i didn't do that at the top of the show um so in this film uh we have michael b jordan returning as creed obviously uh, Don- uh adonis aka donnie uh, tessa thompson plays his wife bianca um newcomer to the franchise jonathan majors who I this is all I know him from. I know he was in Lovecraft Country. He was in Ant Man, um, the the third film, and a few other things. This guy has been steadily working in the last few years, so it's mm-hmm. really exciting to see. Um, 
Other people uh, wor- worth noting, uh, Mila Davis-Kent, who plays Amara, uh, the daughter mm-hmm. of uh, Donnie and Bianca, who also does, uh, um, I believe she is a deaf in real life. And, and um, there was an interview that she actually ha- had signed and and um, mentioned something that she hopes that the film would inspire people to learn uh, ASL. You know, oh, nice. uh, so yes. I thought that I thought that was really nice representation for for that community. Uh, Felicia uh, Rashad returns as Marianne Creed, and let's see, we'll, we'll just leave it at that for now, and um, we'll bring up some of the uh, other names a little bit later. So, um, I guess we kind of gave our expectations. Did this film meet your expectations? I guess um, did we talk about expectations? I don't think we did. Yeah. I- I think, like for me, if we're talking about expectations, Creed, Creed, the first Creed movie, um, just fantastic. Like you talk about it as being like your Rocky movie. And, you know, I was thinking about doing actually a video, you know, ranking them. But for me, I think Creed is on, about on the same level as the original Rocky movie. And so I, it's really great. Now, Creed 2, I thought was good, um, but maybe not quite as good as... Uh, the first Creed movie. So I was kind of hoping for something at least as good as Creed two. And um, so that, that those were my expectations going in. I what, what were your expectations? I was hoping it would be better than Creed two. And, and again, mm-hmm. not to take anything from it. It's, it's not what I thought we were going to get. Um, I mean, I, I was a little concerned. I mean, I know everybody would love to see Drago return and we got that. And what uh, the story that we were given, I, I was into it, but I, I guess I guess I don't know what I was really expecting. If we're talking about expectations, um, uh, again, it's just like, oh, okay. So it, the focus is really Drago and Rocky's, um, you know, relationship, and and not so much Creed and kind of furthering his story. So you know, if if I had a choice, and someone asked, well, uh, I guess is eh, I guess you can say it's a choice. If somebody asked me, do I have to watch like one and two to watch part three? I'd say, you know what at least watch part one. You could have watched mm-hmm. part two after part three. It's totally fine. There might be a few things that you're like, well, well that doesn't quite make sense. But I think in terms of the, the vibe or the feel, you know, mm-hmm. um, I say one, one and three is a great one-two punch. Um, you can, you know, it, it'll, it'll, I, I think that follows chronologically really well. And then the 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 Drago storyline, like you can, that 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 could be its own thing. You know, that's, more of a Rocky spinoff than, than a Creed sequel, in my opinion. Um, but I also went in only knowing Michael B. Jordan directed it. I didn't know who else was involved. And I don't want to get into details yet, but when I saw that Ryan Coogler uh, was credited for story by, I go, oh, I'm going to enjoy this because I, I love a collaboration between Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. Um, they have not missed uh, with their collaborations uh, thus far. So I, I was really excited going in. So I, I think at this point, uh, we'll kind of uh, say whether or not we recommend it and, and um, you know, take a break so that way we can get into spoilers. So Ken, um, I feel there ha- there hasn't been, it hasn't been much of a roller coaster, but maybe you'll surprise us. Uh, did, would you recommend uh, seeing Creed 3? Yes, I I would recommend seeing Creed three, especially if you've liked any of the Rocky or Creed movies up to this point. I think it's a must watch. You have to see it, and even if you haven't seen any, I think you'd probably enjoy it. Even just going in to watch it, you know, um, I think you could probably catch on to everything really quickly. And uh, there's a lot going on in the movie, that's for sure. 
How about you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do recommend this. And I'll go as far as saying that this is um, going to be definitely known as one of those sequels, um, legacy sequels that, that people are going to love, just like Maverick. This is... This is going to be up there, Maverick. And um, uh, this is not spoiler, but already uh, this film has uh, uh, broken records. And uh, according to MGM reports, uh, Creed has scored the biggest domestic opening of all time for a sports movie, surpassing 2015's Creed with um, just under 30 million. Uh, Creed 2, uh, just under 36 million. Uh, all of the Rocky films and the previous record holder. 2010's Karate Kid um, with uh, under 56 million. And so Creed 3 uh, opened up with, let's see, just under 59 million. So almost 60 million. Mm. Wow. Not bad. Yep. Yep. Not bad Fantastic. at all. So congratulations to uh, all those involved. Uh, Record breaking week for the weekend and uh, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> so there we go. All right. So at this time, um, hopefully uh, we helped you d- decide or um, help you, yeah, help, help you make that decision whether or not to go watch the film. I'd say definitely go watch it in the theater. Uh, the music is great, the stereo sound and and all the good stuff. Uh, watch it in the theater. If you watch Maverick in the theater, you should watch this in the theater as well. Um, so at this point, I'll give you guys a chance to pause this if you guys have not yet seen the movie or continue to our spoiler portion after this clip. Adonis Creed. You don't remember me, huh? What happened with you two? We was like brothers. I got some unfinished business. Gotta be talking about Dane. I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? Let go of whatever was and walk into what is. All right, and now we are back. Uh, Ken, where do you want to start off with? Wow. Okay. So this is exciting. This is the first time I've really gotten in depth with spoilers on, on everything oh, really? that's going on. So, yes. so before we get into that, uh, recently yes. you, you did a Ken cast with our mutual uh, buddy Strife uh, talking yes. about Creed 3 as well. Now I, I avoided that for the obvious reasons. I didn't want anything you guys said to um, influence anything I had to say about the film, uh, negative or, yes. uh, or uh, positive. Um, what did you guys kind of talk about there? It sounds like non-spoiler. Yeah, it was totally non-spoiler. It was actually very similar to what we just talked about, you know, those types of things. And uh, maybe the themes getting into, you know, what, you know, the sequels and the themes from the sequels that showed up uh, vaguely in Creed 3. And we talked a little bit about that behind the scenes controversy with Sylvester Stallone. But yeah, we really didn't get into any any plot details. Okay, so I, I will let you kick off with whatever you want to start off with. Well, okay, so if we're talking spoilers, all right, we know, and it's not so much of a spoiler, but Rocky's not in this movie. Um, He's not really referenced. Uh, It's not like the movie says that he died or anything like that. Um, So just, you know, as you know, if you've watched the movie, uh, Rocky's not in it. Um, In a way, I think that the movie's stronger for that. Um, I think that kind of you were talking about Creed 2 being sort of like Rocky 4 Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Creed three, I think this is a chance for the movie to go off in its own direction. I think it has its own vibe. It has a very unique vibe. It has a unique look to it. Um, and, uh, it feels darker to me. Like, I think this is the darkest of the entire series starting from Rocky one. Um, and I also think that the opponent in this Jonathan majors is Dame is 
the most personal opponent that either Rocky or Creed have faced. So, I mean, that's that. Those are my initial thoughts. What what, what are yours? Well, uh, I I love Jonathan Majors. I don't want to mm-hmm. say he steals the um, the 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 screen steals the scene steals the scene, um, but but he kind of does. He's mm. he's um, very intense, and everything he does just draws attention. Um, his subtle acting, his I, you know whether his character is acting or or that's how he is, but you know how we see him a little vulnerable at first, being um, kind of let back out into society after being locked up for nearly two decades. Uh, there's just just a, so, something about him that really grabs your attention, and um, it kind of you know Donnie in the beginning there gave me that Rocky four vibe, you know, in the very beginning, he's, he's gone Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, we see him in right. the suit. And so, yes. so we, we get, uh, you know, some similar uh, parallels there with those characters. And, um, and, and this is, I don't want to say it's like a Ryan Coogler staple, but this is what Ryan Coogler, Coogler did with uh, Michael B. Jordan's character in Black Panther. You know, he, he, they, he made you understand where he's coming from and Mm -hmm. there was a part of me that was was very much rooting for for dame up up until after he he won his title because because then i knew what it was all about you know he wanted to go after donnie's belt um and 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 that title so i i was with i was dame's corner up until that point i know and that's one of the interesting things about the movie i think is that you go in I mean, you can figure things out from the trailer, but there are some surprises in here. And I think that was a surprise to me was Jonathan Major's performance as Dame. And you go from basically him being a friend and you really feel for him. You understand where he's coming from. And, you know, they weave in this this theme, this question of, is it necessary to fight? Do I need to fight? You know, we see that with Donnie. You know, we see that that's even dame you know that's kind of like do you need to like dame needs to fight but that's the question does he need to fight at this point does amara need to fight in school you know she has problems in school and so it's really kind of an interesting question that they kind of weave and then yes you get to that point where he wins and then donnie confronts him and you have uh marianne you know felicia rashad warning donnie constantly about dame and you see that it's all a huge betrayal, basically. And Dame comes and basically he's been betraying Donnie this entire time. I mean, and you're right. It's like this massive heel turn and you don't feel sorry for Dame anymore. Um, I don't know. So so I guess that's my question for you is, you know, there's so many heavy themes in this movie and there's almost too much story for one movie like i think that you could you could have taken these elements and spread it over two movies you'd have to like re rework things a bit but there's enough story and there are enough characters and great performances i think to go over two movies but my question for you is did you feel like donnie needed to fight dane again like after like was it necessary for for Donnie to fight Dame again. Um, 
it, I think in the moment, like in the movie, you're like, yeah, that works. And you know, Bianca's like, yeah, you got to go fight him and stuff. But do you think he really needed to? I think so, because I've never been a fighter. So it's, it's hard <laughs> for me to answer this, but I would imagine fighters fight and right. to shut one up, you you have to gain the respect all the, the entire movie dame kept on taunting donnie you know from from the when he when when he gets into the ring you know the the, the way he walks in there and and kind of invades donnie's space a little bit you know with just kind of uh leading with his head kind of thing and just just the way he kind of go, goes about it is very unorthodox and um kind of predatorial you know, mm-hmm. and and so playful that it, it it made me like him. Like I thought it was like he was he was very charming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, he's it's it's a it's it's a mind game. Like he's trying to get into Donnie's head when Donnie's trying to be focused, you know, and just mentally prepare for a fight. You know, Dane's just up in his you know space and uh, staring him in the eyes and and just kind of toying with him a little bit. But you 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 mentioned um. You know a lot of uh, the different characters and how there's so much information and, and story to this. What I love about Creed Three are the the dialogue, you know, between characters mm-hmm. and just all the different character dynamics. I guess mm-hmm. you know, like um, like Dame and Bianca. You know, there's a at least a couple different times where Dame kind of finds himself alone with Bianca and is dropping little you know clues here and there about Donnie's past. But also he keeps, you know, you were asking, um, the, the film was having us question things. What Dane mm-hmm. was questioning of Bianca is like, oh, well, you know, you, 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 because of your loss of hearing, you know, you're, you're right for other artists. This, you know, does that still satisfy you? And so he is trying to find answers for himself too, maybe, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, so like to, to circle back to your question about like, do, do I feel it's necessary? It's hard for me to answer because ultimately, like, what are the the characters' motives? Um, it it just it sounds like Dame felt that Donnie owed him a big one, and mm-hmm. and needed to do what was necessary just to give him that shot, whether he won or lost. You know, and then that that was never it, right? It was just like, yo, give me my shot. You know, I want to take the title because he was that confident that he would win. Um, so it wasn't necessarily about winning at the end is, it, you know, what we'll end up seeing, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the character interactions, that's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I liked all of those. Um, I, I love the, the relationship between Donnie and Amara as well, you know, from mm-hmm. the very first time we kind of see their uh, teacup party <laughs> 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 where he's dressed up and, um, I forget if he was wearing like a dinosaur suit or something. I thought I thought that was just um adorable. So and and I found some relatability in that. You know, I have a a daughter. Um, that's four. I, I think uh, Amara, the the actress Mila, I, th- I believe she's ten. I have a ten year old. So you know, I I, I can relate. Um, you know, be, being a father, I don't have anyone that wants to come at me for my title or anything like that. But there's <laughs> a lot of relate relatability in these um uh, character interactions so that's that's really why i like it um never really did answer your question because i just i, I find okay. it a little bit difficult i i, I think yeah. so I, I short short answer yes i i think it was necessary for him to fight yeah 
It's I know that that's what I was kind of struggling with, too, because it brought up so many good, like especially Bianca brought up so many good points with Amara, who got into trouble fighting in school. And like, do you need to fight? And of course, Donnie is on top of the world. He has all the money he needs. I mean, he had he's basically retired at that point. And, you know, so that's the question. It's like, did he need to fight? And I think from what you're saying, I think I'm hearing you saying it's like fighters fight. And so Donnie's a fighter. So that's the solution to his problem, which was very good. Um, yeah. Uh, one other thing that really caught me by surprise and, you know, this movie kind of, you know, made me tear up a bit was uh, Marianne's death scene. You know, that was that was a big surprise to me. And um, my gosh, Felicia Rashad, I think, is just so good in that role. And um, what what a scene. Oh, my goodness. Where she was confusing Donnie for Apollo. And she was basically saying that it's by basically loving and raising Donnie that let her forgive Apollo. I mean, that my goodness. Wow. I don't I don't know. But I think that's what you're talking about. The character interactions, right? They're just amazing. Yeah, they're they're so good. It, 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 it's well written. Um, that's something that uh, I did not get a chance to bring up yet. But uh, a couple of the writers was uh, Keenan Kugler, possible mm-hmm. relation to to Mr. Ryan Kugler there, but also um, Zach Balin, who um, previously wrote the um, King Richard, that uh, was oh, nominated yes. for best original screenplay. So um, sports, you know, um, and I I think that film also had great dialogue great character interactions as well you know familial interactions a lot of different characters so i could kind of see why you know you want somebody that can balance a lot of different characters and um yeah i just uh, i was definitely here for for the drama and and the dialogue the the film kind of opens up in a flashback and boy like this is some of the best young castings i've seen like the, like these mm. kids actually look like these actors as well um the young donnie and and young uh uh dame but i love the use of the dr dre song um the watcher because i feel that's a little underrated and it came off of his 2001 um, um actually chronic chronic 2001 forgetting the title here but that immediately immediately transported me back to high school. So mm-hmm. I, I I thought the 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 news of the music was great, and then we got like a uh, updated version of that with J Cole a little bit later on too. So I really appreciate the the, the music and and um, I think that's definitely a Creed staple too. Um, this one I did not get a chance to look through the like all the different artists that were on these songs, but I know that the first Creed movie was heavily. Um, I think the roster was mostly Philadelphia rappers because it was in Philly. And Creed 3, yeah, it takes place in Los Angeles. So I I do wonder it would be like more of West Coast-based rappers in this one or artists rather. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a really great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I think you're right because you're right. The first Creed, Philadelphia-based, this is very LA-based and it has a completely different, I guess you could say kind of a West Coast vibe to it and maybe for that reason yeah that's a really great yeah. point yeah with, with, the, with the dr dre beats and stuff like that because i remember um i don't know if it was just like interviews or supplemental material i was i was watching with the creed the first creed film and it was very important to them to really get the culture of uh, philadelphia down you know to to the guys riding the bikes out on the street and and all of yes. that so um 
so I wasn't really looking for the the LA stuff or the the West Coast connections or whatever. But um, but but the music is definitely there. You know, you got some some um uh, West Coast uh, influenced music for sure. Uh, Kehlani, uh, the the uh, artist that was singing at the was it record launch party or something or some sort of okay, party. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So um, I know I know who she is. She's um been featured on a lot of songs that, that I'm a big fan of. Uh, she was also on the soundtrack for uh, Suicide Squad. Forgot. Oh, actually, I think it was her her own song. I'm blanking on the title right now. But what else did you want to get into? Um, do you, let me see. What did you think about the this this other gentleman, um, Chavez, the 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 one that um, Dame or the one that Donnie puts Dame with? Uh, because right. of the uh, uh, little cameo from Drago, who gets his hand right. broken, which that one I saw a mile away because there was a reason <laughs> that they wanted to show you the face of the uh, of the the perpetrator. Right, exactly. Yes, that's that's a really good point. That was a a, a mean double cross on Dame's part for sure. But yeah. um, also, uh, yeah, and the idea that he's using a buddy from when they were together, and Donnie knows who that is, like that. That's really kind of mean as well. Um, so Chavez, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. You know, it's a, a brand new fighter. You know, we haven't seen him before. Um, a really great personality. Um, that was, um, yeah, I would say that if there are, I really like this movie, but if there are some weaknesses to it, I think it's that, say, Chavez, we've never seen him before. So he's new to us. And you know, we get to know, oh, he's he's good. You know, he's, I guess he's the best, you know, but we're instantly introduced to him there. Um, and then he's beaten, um, you know, obviously by Dame, um, who kind of comes out of nowhere and he just like, you know, beats him. And so I think for me, I like, I wish in some way we could have seen more of Chavez's career and really built him up more as like, oh man, this guy's like great, you know, because we just kind of see him sparring in the gym. Then all of a sudden he's, you know, in this title fight, you know, uh, and Dame's in this title fight with Chavez. Um, like I get it, but I, I kind of wish I felt like, oh man, Chavez is amazing. Um, so but uh, but I love the character. Again, I thought the actors, uh, you know, were were fantastic. Um, I don't know what were what were your thoughts on Chavez? So you, you make a very great point. Um, I, I I agree with you. I, I feel there wasn't very much weight to that character. Like if right. if this is the guy, right? If this is the guy that's on top of the world, I I didn't see it. So so there's almost like, you know, him losing means means nothing to me you know unfortunately because like i i didn't get to see no i don't i don't need to see a rise but i need to see how bad this guy really is you know um you know maybe interactions with other, other fighters you know to, to, to see what kind of respect he has amongst his peers yes. something else something else you know all, all we know is that he has a momager you know yep. and <laughs> who, who loves him and wants him right. taken care of but that's that's pretty much it and I do like that relationship as well because it kind of reminded me of a um, of a moment in uh, Jer uh, Jerry Maguire, where uh, Jerry is supposed to be spending time with the uh, Jerry O'Connell character, right. but he's out with um, a Cuba Gooding Jr. Right, and then he loses out on a prospect uh, who ends up signing with Jay Mar. So that's kind of like what what I saw here, where 
like I was uh, again, I was actually in Dame's corner for a good chunk of the, the you know the right. the first like the uh, first two thirds of the film, and when when Donnie puts on that show uh, th- that fight. I felt bad for Dame when Donnie's spending all his time with Chavez, you know, ma- making sure right. that he's taken care of and all that. So, so like you kind of feel, um, it, it, this is kind of like the whole, um, you know, the Cobra Kai fans will, will know what I'm talking about, but in season one, there, there's some things that Daniel does that makes him kind of an asshole. And, and so mm-hmm. Donnie has his moments as well. And so I just love the graying there uh, of that character too. He's our hero. But he is definitely flawed in the beginning of the movie. He's he's gone yeah. Hollywood for sure. I mean, I get it. You're retired, but you know the, the the way he was doing business, you know, did not quite seem on the up and up. Yeah, it was that, and I, I think you put your finger on it brilliantly. Like I think there's just so there's so many layers to that, and there's so much more story that we could get out of that because I think we're watching it and we see that Donnie is right. He's being sort of like a promoter slash manager for Chavez, but he's also wanting to give Dame a shot. But yeah, it's like he doesn't spend time with Dame really. And then yeah, and then I almost thought that I think due to the weight that is maybe lacking in the Chavez character and the fact that Dame could beat him, just beat him like in the world stage for, for, for the title. I mean, it almost kind of made me wonder like, Oh, I wish, I wish the title had a bit more weight. Like um, I didn't get a sense of what Dame's true accomplishment was. Um, And was it too much? Like, was it, was it too much that Dame could just get out of prison and just come and win? Like, is that, is that too easy for him? Like, should we have seen Dame struggle through more adversity, like fighting more matches that, you know, that, that type of thing, uh, maybe where other people are watching him and going like, man, that guy's good, you know, um, and, and a little more time, like, so we get a sense that, oh, wow, Dame actually is, is a contender. He's not just this guy from prison. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it works just fine, but, um, you know, some people have talked to me and have said, yeah, I think that movie's rushed. And I'm like, you know, I can kind of understand that. I can understand that um, you wish that it was longer and there was more to it. Um, but but it, it really, I, I think it still pulls it off well. I think so, too. If if this, you know, my apologies, I'm starting to kind of lose my voice a little bit. But if if this, um, if if they had had an idea of where the story was going to go, let, let's say like, you know, they had... Uh, Creed one, two, and three already outlined, right? I I don't know if they did or not, so I'm just kind of spitballing here. If they if they knew what could have been better is maybe a six part uh, limited series yeah. of a yes, Creed, yes, I agree. right. It's so yeah, because mm-hmm. because to what you're saying, I kind of like the idea. Chavez not on top of the world, but he's up there. You know, he's up there, mm-hmm. and and then you get Dame Diamond Dame take down Chavez, and then and then. He, and then um he has that confrontation with uh with Donnie and then mm-hmm. and then Donnie goes through his thing and I think Donnie goes through an mm, quote unquote enough adversities because I like him reaching out to Drago to help out and I like yes. I like the little montages there with them and right. um and then, uh, then on the flip side of that I would like to see uh Dame climbing the ladder to becoming the best 
you know right. so i i can see where other people might say like yeah it was a little bit rushed but yeah maybe a six parts um, limited series would have been perfect yeah i i think that's a really great point i 100 percent agree and I kind of missed Drago in the Victor Drago in this, and and they they actually show Conlon, um, a, you know, briefly. He, you know, he gets he gets kind of a, a cameo, and that would like bringing them into the story where we saw them fight earlier. Maybe if we saw them fight Chavez or we saw them fight Dame, um, because we have seen them through lots of screen time in the previous movies. That might have helped give weight to all these characters, you know, but it was nice to see Drago, but, you know, he was just injured and then he was a sparring partner for Donnie. But, you know, if he were to fight Chavez or Dame beforehand, I think people would really get respect and a sense for how how good these fighters are. But I agree, a a six-part limited series, you could do that. You could absolutely do that with this story. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I'm glad, you know, I, I could have used more Bianca. It, it's just because Tessa Thompson is such a great actress and uh, her character has a lot of great layers as well. But I do like how, I don't know if it was a, a, a correction or anything like that, but I do like, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but Bianca is pretty much supportive with this fight on the get go. And I believe Adrian came on a little bit slowly for Rocky's return, right? In mm-hmm. in four. Yes. Or, um, or maybe even another sequel. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Like, even, you know, when they needed it, like in Rocky 2, Adrian was, like, really against it. Um, eventually, she obviously came around. She went into a coma and everything. But um, with... I, I agree. I think that's what helps me get to the point where, okay, Donnie, it's okay that Donnie fights. Donnie needs to fight. This is how he has to solve this problem. I think is Bianca saying, you do it, you go fight. I think that's what gives it for me, like a lot of weight to that decision, um, makes me on board with, with him going through and fighting Dame because it, it kind of seemed like Dame was just, you know, he, he had a heel turn. He was mean. He was, but Donnie is kind of untouchable. He's out of it. He was already champion. You know, he didn't necessarily need to fight, but um, I think for me, her saying fight, that was, that was important. Um, But yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. She's kind of in an interesting point. She's a mom. She's raising, you know, um, a daughter who has, you know, hearing difficulties. She's a musician who's not performing anymore. And, you know, where does that leave her? And also they're rich. They're very rich. So it's it's kind of an interesting character. But I, I agree with you. Tessa Thompson's like amazing. And um again, the six part series, we might get some more scenes, right? Yeah. So so, so I have two apologies. Uh, I have two more things that I want to bring up that I just um I really loved about this film and and uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up. But um there was one shot, I believe it was right before the Chavez and um, um, Dame fight where Donnie had just gone to see him in the locker room. And as Donnie is about to leave, there's almost like a split screen and they're both looking mm-hmm. in each other's direction, almost as if like a, like a, like a mirror match, you know, like I'm, I'm looking right. at, you know, the same person, but, but we went 
you know, completely down completely different paths, but but ultimately we were one of the same. Um, that's one sequence that that I really like, just kind of mm-hmm. you know um, all the metaphors that come along with that. But the other one, uh, and and I'd like to get your thoughts on it as well, is this really interesting visual during the um, I, I believe it was the second round or whatever round, um, one of the later rounds between Dame and Donnie, where everybody in the stands disappears. It's right, a completely empty ring, and it's just the two of them going toe to toe, and they're screaming and they're grunting, and it's really amazing. And I love it because at that point, nothing else matters. It's about Donnie and Dame one on one, and who is the best. And and because there's nobody else there, like I like to crowd watch. I like to watch extras in the background. Removing all of that focuses on these two characters and the, and the fight and the, uh, the fight choreography. So, um, yeah, so a couple of sequences that I was like, wow, this is a very interesting choice, uh, in direction, because this is also like you mentioned, uh, at the top of the show, Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. So, um, I knew we were in good hands. I mean, he's worked with some greats, right. just great, right. just great directors. So, yeah, he he did a really good job. I'm really glad you you brought that up because um, there are some amazing shots, like you mentioned, the locker room scene shot. Uh, that's absolutely great. And this movie distinguishes itself, I think, in the fight scenes from previous entries. Um, the it's much more stylized. So the visual approach to this movie is much more stylized than the previous movies. Um, and that, of course, includes what you're talking about in that final fight. We get tastes of that beforehand where um, we almost get like visual tracking where we see where Donnie's looking um, and and he's able to like pummel it, um, like pummel body parts and stuff like that. It's, I think, extremely creative and interesting. And I'm I'm glad those touches were in there. Now we get towards the final fight. And every you talk about the moment where everything disappears. And I thought that was very interesting. I will say for me personally, though, as that fight kept going, I know Michael B. Jordan was really influenced by anime. And I think that kind of uh, influenced how he approached those things. Maybe it's because like I'm an old school fan. But what I really always loved about the Rocky and Creed movies is that they're kind of a heightened reality. And when you watch the final fight, like it took place in reality. And I felt like the final fight in this one for me kind of left that it became so stylized by the end that I had trouble buying into the reality of what was going on. Um, and that, that might be just me, but, um, I felt like that was a cool moment when the crowd disappeared, but I almost felt like it, it went on a little too long. And when we got back to the fight, it was just so stylized that I felt like I was watching something that wasn't quite real it was very imaginative, but mm-hmm. I wish it had more reality to it. Um, so that was very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. And and that's probably just me, but uh, but I it was uh I thought it was very a very interesting and bold choice to try to do something different in the final fight, which this is the ninth final fight, I guess, <laughs> in uh, the yeah. series. So, you know, it's I have to give give him credit for really doing something imaginative and different. One of the needle drop of um, and the uses of of the Watcher, Doctor J's the Watcher, that song. Um, I really love that song. But mm-hmm. uh, 
to what you're saying, how Dame likes to observe, you know, his opponents and and see where they might be grimacing, you know, touching right. certain parts and things of that nature. I love the the, the one moment where he tells um, you know, his his coach, you know, to move out of the way so just so he can watch Chavez. <laughs> right. So I, I like that subtlety right there, you know. So yeah, you're right. Just those added little touches, it, it just um kind of separates it from from the other Rocky and Creed movies as well. And 100%. I percent I think it was part two, Creed two, um, where I think it's one of the earlier sparring matches. Maybe it was in the first one. It might have been the first one where there's this really creative um panning of the camera from like different angles during the fight was that the first one does that um, sound familiar the the first one had see yes the first the first one had some interesting camera work it was it was like a heightened documentary coverage of the fights but it was like getting a camera in where you wouldn't be able to in a fight and moving around mm-hmm. that way and then um yeah i remember the first one being innovative um in that it was a very heightened reality in terms of a fight. So I, th- I think so. I think that's the one you're thinking of. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I, I love those interesting things because yeah, it, it just stands out. It just makes it feel different and, you know, not a rehash. Like I, I can't say like, Oh yeah, I watched Creed three and I don't remember anything about it. Like it, it's, it's, right. it's, it's very much, um, you know, there, there's some familiar beats, in this film that remind me of other movies, it's fine, but it's the story. Ultimately it comes down to the story, the character interactions and, uh, and all of that. Like, yeah, we have seen stuff like this before, but the, 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 the cast just acted their asses off and I thought it was a great story. And, um, yeah, just, just the characters were very compelling, especially diamond Dame. I, you know, I was sitting there mm-hmm. I was like, man, do I, do I need to spin off with diamond Dame, you know, just following him a little mm-hmm. bit. But uh, yeah, I just I, I really, really did um, enjoy the hell out of this film. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, I, I reached out. I was like, hey, you know, if I like this movie, you want to do a review? <laughs> so I, I kind of had a feeling I was going to like it just because uh, everyone was talking about it. Um, so that does bring me to uh, a couple of the scores. So one of the other things we do when we wrap up a review is take a look to see what other people uh, thought about this film. On IMDb, it's rated 7.4 out of 10 and fresh with 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, that's that's actually a pretty good difference there. Is there uh, one score that you would side more with than the other? Gosh, that's. I feel like I feel like it's at least an eight out of ten. At least an eight out of ten. So I feel like the IMDb is maybe a bit low for Creed three. Like that is a solid, that is a movie you can go see in the theaters and you'll be glad you spent the money and you saw it with people. Um, it just has a great energy to it. It's like an event movie. Um, yeah, so I guess I'd, I, I'd nudge it up a bit. I, I think it needs to be at least an 8 out of 10. I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree. I, so I will definitely lean more on that 86% on Rotten Tomatoes um, because like like I mentioned, I, I feel this is definitely up there in, um, with, with sequels like Maverick. You know, um, list maybe to be determined, you know, Terminator 2, you know, like this is definitely one of the best sequels of of any franchise, in my opinion. So, um, 
I, I like to hear what other people think. Uh, you know, if, if they strongly disagree, you know, that's completely fine. You know, it's okay to like a movie. That's something that I um, that I definitely agree with. You know, shout outs to We Hate Movies who who often say that with terrible movies, it's okay to like movie. So um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this. I cannot wait to see more collaborations um, from these uh, gentlemen, uh, uh, Jonathan Majors. Uh, I believe I believe I saw a quote that he's hoping that him and Michael B. Jordan will be like a pairing like uh, Scorsese and Robert De Niro. I, I might be getting names Ooh. and details wrong, but I'd love to see this collaboration, you know, throw Kugler in the mix. I'm here for it. You know, these these guys are yeah. bankable, you know, for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, can any last thoughts before we get into the, the social medias? Gosh. Yeah, just great, great fun at the theater. I think it's a very good movie. Um, I do think it surpassed my expectation of being at least as good as Creed Two. I think I think it's a better movie than Creed Two, um, and I liked Creed Two, uh, and maybe doesn't really quite get to the Creed for me. Like I think Creed is still my favorite of the Creed series, but um, very good movie. Yeah, yeah, same here. I agree. Um, I I will watch this before two for sure. And one, I'll, I'll revisit again at, at some point. But um, yeah, just I really, really had a good time. And and mm, and yes. I, I sat next to a baby and the baby was actually behaving. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I went with a coworker who sat on the other side of me, did not realize that there was a baby next to me until I got up to go and use the restroom real quick. I came back mm. and he was like, there's a baby next to you. I'm like, yes. He goes, I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty surprised. So, so pretty good theater experience. Um, it's it's always nice to kind of return, and I think most of our theaters, you know, have stadium seating, so it's not like the old, you know, crowded movie theaters like before. So, right. Um, can you mention that you will possibly be doing a ranking of the Rocky slash Creed franchise in the event that you do do that, where can people uh, find the content and where can um, they reach you on social media if they want to continue this conversation? Absolutely. Thank you, Peter. I have my own YouTube channel. It is Ken Cole, K-E-N-C-O-L-E. Uh, you can find me there. That's my handle. For all my other social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my handle is Kenergy Cole. And you can follow me there and I'll post updates um, and everything kind of right now I'm funneling into a KenCast podcast. So you can look up KenCast uh, on your favorite podcast player and you can hear uh, lots of these discussions like the one I just released with Stripe the Warrior about Creed 3, spoiler free. Uh, so yes, thank you, Peter. So yeah, come come join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, I, I love interaction. So looking forward to everyone's thoughts. All right. For me, you can find me at Potstalgic on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you like Cobra Kai or that universe, um, I do cover Cobra Kai at Cobra Kai Companion, Companion spelled with a K. Uh, I did start up a new website. There is nothing on it right now, but it is companionnetwork.com. I am expanding my own brand. Um, you know, so uh, details will come. Uh, I'll be covering some other uh, shows down the line that involve people that uh, were a part of the Cobra Kai. You know, it it opened up a lot of doors and opportunities for me, and I want to continue supporting uh, some people that uh, that that has given me uh, their time and in, in um, interviewing and stuff like that. So, 
so yeah, exciting new things to come um, for me. Uh, Mariano and I have talked about um, uh, doing some movies for sure. One of which, because we uh, covered the original film probably not too many episodes ago, uh, but there's a remake of White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> really? Oh my there goodness. Is. Yeah, and the um, the Woody Harrelson character is a uh, Jack Harlow, a, a rapper. And um, I do not know, I'm not familiar with the other gentleman playing the the Wesley Snipes role. So that'll be interesting. I believe it's going to be on Hulu. So um, I, I I do like a re... I, I, I don't like remakes in the sense like, oh, I, I just love when they remake things. I am always a little like, okay, you know, let, let, let's see how they um, kind of did it their their own style. You know, I want to see if they did anything different rather than just, you know, I don't want to see like a Gus Van Zandt psycho 1998, you know, like, like you did mm. nothing different, really. <laughs> you know, right, right. You did different. I don't know if we needed that, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Um, and we'll see if it makes it up on this uh, feed. You know, we, we say a lot of things and, and life gets in the way sometimes. So, um, that's gonna do it for um, uh, for this episode. I want to thank you guys for your continued support. Thanks again, uh, thanks again, Ken, for uh, jumping on uh, this review with me. And until the next time, I will see you guys later. It's that time. Things just ain't the same for young Jermaine. Still underrated, but far from underpaid. And though some problems did fade, the hunger stayed. These stomach rumbles could humble thunder. Uh, I'm still fueled by the ones that slumber, to stand out amongst the one hit. This is part of the Companion Network.